In today's sermon, Paul continues with the metaphor of life as a walk, but contrasts the Christian walk with another walk. The world exerts a strong pull on us, but the path of worldly success is a cruel and demanding idol. The result of all of this is a profound emptiness and a lack of meaning. God has and continues to utter an even more potent call to us, a call to walk another way, which is filled with meaning and joy and peace. This new walk is a whole new self, called by God to integrity and purity. It is rooted in the forgiveness of God and hence open to all. Welcome to the Sandhills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. On this 11th Sunday of Pentecost, we are continuing a sermon series on the letter to the Ephesians. The title of this sermon is called Walking in the Love of Christ, and it is based on Ephesians 4, verse 17 to chapter 5, verse 2. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You see it, right? An actress delivers this line. It's a really funny line delivered in in deadpan uh, voice in a progressive insurance commercial that I recently viewed. And this commercial uh, just cracks me up because the commercial is about how we become like our parents. So when, in, when her in-laws came over to visit, she realized how much her husband was like her mother-in-law. In, in speech and in mannerisms, for example, when they laughed, they both raised their hands and went, ha, 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 ha. And the husband, her husband then goes, ha, ha, ha. And in one scene, she is sitting on the couch, this actress, and her mother-in-law is on one side and her husband is on the other side. And they're even wearing the same type of sweater. (laughs) So uh, she breaks then this fourth wall, you know, that fourth wall that separates actors from the audience by looking straight at the camera and speaking directly to us viewers. You see it, right? We get the joke. We are becoming like our parents. We see the humor in this because many of the times it is true, whether we like it or not. We do become a lot like our parents when we grow up. I am told that I sound like my father. I get mistaken for him when I answer the phone at his house. Um, I laugh like him. Not like that, but (laughs) but in many ways, in some ways, I imitate him. So the, the real question that we're asking today is... Whom are you imitating? Our text declares that we are beloved children of God. Children. So, are we imitating our Heavenly Father or someone or something else? You know, we often find ourselves becoming like someone or something else. Uh, Like the world around us, we feel sucked in into a a pattern of life that the world exerts on us. It's a strong pull. Sometimes we're not even realizing it, that we copy 
the mannerisms of the world. Let me just give you one example. Perhaps uh, such as finding meaning in having better things uh, than my neighbor. You know, chasing after worldly success, for example. But the path of worldly success is, is a cruel idol. And let's understand one thing about idols, if we know anything about um, idols from God's word, that idols, all idols, demand sacrifice. So chasing the idol of worldly success in the manner that the world requires, then that I sacrifice something, that I sacrifice my integrity, my relationships, and finally my whole life. And like the actress's question, now you see it, right? You know, the resemblance. Here's another example from our relationships. While we feel the world's influence on how we view and treat other people, we catch ourselves imitating the world's pattern of dealing with our relationships. For example, we might say, like the world says, I have rights. I have attained something, and you and you better acknowledge that. And if you don't, then that rankles. And if a person doesn't give you what you want, then you get bitter about it. And then you find yourself swallowing bitterness down like the poison pill that it is. And that leads then uh, to something else. It leads to anger. And then anger leads to something else, even greater, uh, threats of punishment such as slander. It might go like this. Hey, should you wrong me, I will have my vengeance. Bad service in a restaurant? Well, I'm going to give you a bad rating on Yelp. Like the actress's question, again. You see it, right? You know, the resemblance. But becoming like the world and walking down the path of the world often leads, let me say it this way, only leads to profound emptiness and a lack of meaning. So the strong influence of the world on God's people and this strong pull to conform to its image it has always been there. You know, there is nothing new under the sun for God's, uh, in, just in general, there's nothing new under the sun, but for God's people, this is also true. We, have, we, have, we see this in our text as Paul encourages the people to live and walk in a different path, uh, a love of Christ, rather than the path of the world. But let's recap a little bit. Uh, we've been working our way through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and Paul has prayed that the Ephesians would have the Spirit and Christ dwelling within them, and then that changes things. Because they have Spirit and uh, uh, the Spirit and Christ dwelling in them, that changes then people who are desperate or different now into a church, a community in which we bear patiently with one another, gently, lovingly, patiently forgiving. We're united into one body, only one Lord, one baptism, one faith. 
so that we might be mature, no longer tossed about like infants on the waves of cunning and deceit from the world and our evil foe. We have been given the gift of unity. The world might say it, or we might say it this way. We're stronger together, right? We're stronger together. We have been given this gift of unity that helps us to grow in maturity. So this week, Paul exhorts the Gentiles, and I'm starting in verse 17, no longer walk as the Gentiles. No longer walk as the Gentiles. In other words, no, you know, no, no longer copy, because you've been given this gift of unity, no longer copy or imitate or emulate the way that you used to live. Let us remember that St. Paul was a Jew who, after being converted by Christ, would then spread the gospel to both Jew and Gentile. So Paul isn't bringing Gentiles to task here. He isn't saying um, that they're not included in the Great Commission. Instead, what what he's doing is he's building upon that message that we heard last week, that you've been given the gift of unity. You're, you're part of one church, this one community, and one Lord, this body of Christ that we heard about last week. And with that said, there, is, there can be no doubt that Paul is warning against the Gentiles in Ephesus who, according to Paul, have hardened their hearts. These Gentiles that Paul describes as mere pagans who have given themselves over freely to their base desires. They have no care for Christ. They have no care for his body or his church, uh, which is clearly in the midst of these Gentiles. But verse 20, he says, and emphatically he says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. The church in Ephesus is being reminded that they did not come to know Christ by handing themselves over to their own passions, or literally, the greedy practice of every type of impurity. So this begs the question, well, in what way did they learn Jesus? Well, verse 21 through 24, Paul is assuming that they were properly taught and preached about Jesus Christ, who has saved them from their trespasses. And therefore, after hearing the preaching, the teaching of Christ, they have put off their old self and have new lives, new lives that are created in the likeness or the image of Christ. See, we were originally created in the image and likeness of God, but the image of God, this likeness, was broken after the fall. But we were united to Christ in his death and his resurrection and They are now, we are now new creations. Uh, Baptism into his death and resurrection has led to his imprint, Christ's imprint on our hearts, given the image of Christ. And what is that likeness? Well, St. Paul puts it point blank here. The text says, the likeness of God is true righteousness and holiness. Paul is, in other words, calling them to walk in another way, one that is filled with meaning and joy and peace. And this new walk is a whole new self, and it is rooted in God's forgiveness. 
So Paul envisions a life which is free from bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor and, and slander. And we let these things be put away from us. We're not charged with getting rid of them. And by the way, that, that life that is free from bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor and slander and malice, that comes at the end of a long, I want to call it a long laundry list right, of one way of, of being and another way of being, you know. Um, he, there's one way, it's, I would call it the dirty laundry, <laughs> the using corrupting talk, uh, speaking falsehoods and stealing and being bitter and angry and punishing people because of that. And then he gives them a new laundry list, a clean list. He says, be like this, don't be like that. But it's interesting that this is put in again in a passive sense. He's, he's, we said basically what he's saying is we let these things be that dirty laundry list. We let these things be put away from us. We're not charged with getting rid of them. Rather, we let them go and we do that what we are. It's not a list to, a to do list. It's a be list. It's, it's who we are. Uh, we, we put away, we get rid of that old self and put on a new self and just be who we are in Christ, uh, kind and tender-hearted and forgiving. And we just let them go. Just like, you know, we let go of the dirty clothes into the dirty clothes hamper. And we, you know, we don't go back and go back into the, you know, the next day. We don't go back to that dirty clothes hamper and then put on our dirty clothes again. Ooh. All right? No. Since we open, you know, we, we go to our chest of drawers, we get, a, you know, the, the new clothes, put on new clean clothes. So Paul is saying here, we don't so much get rid of our vices as we replace them with Christ's life. We imitate God, especially as we've seen him in Christ. We do that in kindness to one another or a tenderness of heart, which does not simply walk by the suffering of our neighbor. And in forgiveness, we apply the blood of Christ to every situation in which we find ourselves. So we come back to that original question um, that I asked at the beginning of the sermon. We said, what we're asking today, whom are you imitating? As a beloved children of God, that's who you are, are we imitating our Heavenly Father or someone or something else? The good news is that God has and continues to utter an even more potent call to us. It's a call to walk another way, a way that is filled with meaning and joy and peace. This is the way of the people of God. The church, which he has called out of the world, but yet he has put in the world to be a witness to that world until Jesus comes in glory. And this new walk is... As we heard before, this new walk is a whole new self. It's rooted in the forgiveness of God, hence it's open to everyone, to all. The old self, living in sinful darkness, is taken off like a garment, and we are reclothed with Christ himself. Many, we see this even in early baptismal rites of the church, um, it seemed, those early baptismal rites seemed to include being clothed in a white garment, 
as the candidate came from the waters of baptism naked, clothed in that white garment. It's also the origin of the white robes that sometimes are worn in church, like the white robes that some still wear at confirmation, or even these white robes. We could all wear these white robes, um, but it might be impractical every Sunday. <laughs> but it indicates that we have been clothed in Christ's image and a new self. So perhaps you remember long, long time ago, a uh, time before cell phones, maybe even the time before uh, Court, the use of cordless phones, a man received a phone call. And on the wall in the, of the house, in the kitchen, was a telephone. It was fixed to the wall. And it was the only phone on the main level of that house. And there was a bedroom just down the hall, and the family had installed a very long cord so that one could, you know, duck into the guest room if you needed to talk privately. Um, for a moment. But the long cord also meant that one could just kind of wander about in the house. <laughs> um, wander about much of the kitchen and the living room while on the phone. Well, one day the man was walking about the house. He was talking to someone on that phone and his, his wife caught his eye and then motioned for him to turn around and look behind him. And there was the father's three-year-old son who had his toy phone right here to the side of his face, and he was marching around the house in a pretty good imitation of his father. <laughs> Just picture that. Paul is calling us to an imitation of God, our Heavenly Father, as beloved children imitate their loving fathers. But there's a funny thing about children. Children can also imitate bad fathers, in chapter 1 of Ephesians, Paul said that God has adopted us. He's given us a, a different inheritance, a different name, and a life to live. That means saying no to the other inheritance. It's saying no to the dirty laundry that Paul lists in verses 25 through 31 and replacing them with the description of who we are in Christ. By birth, we were enslaved into a relationship to a ruler of this world and the inheritance of that enslavement is misery and death. But Christ has made us alive once more. Hear this wonderful promise, wonderful good news from Ephesians 2, verses 5 through 6. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now we are the children of God, and we have a new inheritance. The Spirit of God empowers you to live, empowers me to live your new inheritance today. As God has poured his love into us, we live out that love. We walk in the love of Christ. We are not earners, we are imitators. We are not more or less God's children on how well we are doing in this regard. This is an imitation. The real life, the genuine, perfect life is always Christ. He is the perfect and fragrant offering for my sin 
Not my goodness, not my kindness, not my mercy. All glory be to God alone. And as Paul concludes, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen. And the peace of God which, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.